Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. folks and welcome back to another episode of fandom power this is the sixth installment of the fandom of the jedi series where we break down the two character arcs from the disney plus show tales of the jedi tonight we're dialing in on the third part of the ahsoka tano arc but before we get too far in how about another sidetrack into the realm of comedy (laughs) is it that time again it's that time okay time for bad star wars jokes this week's joke comes from the far corners of the interwebs. No way. Yes way. <laughs> that guy's a funny guy, man. He is. He's all over the place. What's the name of Obi-Wan's twin brother? What is the name of Obi-Wan's twin brother? Oh. Obi-2. Obi-2. Obi-2 Kenobi. It totally was worth that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, fun <laughs> fact, though, it is said that OB2 was the call sign of Ewan McGregor's brother, Colin, in the RAF. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But awesome. there's no actual evidence to support this. Oh, there isn't? There is not. Uh, oh. I went down a rabbit hole on this one, and the designation started as a punny joke back in 2013 when it was first posted by Kevin Rubio, a film director who is best known for making Star Wars parodies. Oh, sure. There is some anecdotal evidence, though. For instance, in 2016... Yeah, uh, Colin referred to himself as Obi two in nice. a tweet. In a tweet. Oh, brother. okay, that's cool. Wonder, that's. I wonder cool. if he's ever done a barrel roll and said, uh, "Flying's for droids." <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> so uncivilized. So it might have started as a joke, but maybe he's finally adopted it. So just embrace Actually. it. I mean, in the same way that you know uh, Nimoy embraced I am Spock. Exactly. <laughs> you are Obi two, Colin. <laughs> But for this, this has been another in the series of bad Star Wars jokes. Nice. (laughs) He sounds familiar. (laughs) Really does. Uh, Our episode tonight is titled Resolve. It is directed by Saul Ruiz and again, written by Dave Filoni. Uh, It's got a listed runtime of 17 minutes. But when you actually go into the episode, it's only 16 minutes and one second with titles and credits. And it turns out to be 12 minutes and 57 seconds without. That's a markedly different. Yeah. Mind you, it is consistent with, you know, the other shows that we've done. Like, they're yeah. so, the credit sequences are like, because they do them in multi-language now. Yeah. They're like seven, eight, nine minutes. 
Yep. You get the English version, then keep going. It's almost as long as the film credits. Yeah. The synopsis for this one reads, a former Jedi is faced with the truth that they cannot be something they are not. That sounds very Yoda-like. It is. Mm. Cannot be something you are not. So any opening thoughts on this one? Uh, New Inquisitor. Yeah. Um, I remember when we, we, we chewed on that, when we looked at the trailer and I was just like, I just need to know who this guy is. And then we found out who he is. And I was kind of disappointed at first, but at the same time, this guy has like the, all the cool factor I could ever want in a star Wars villain in an inquisitor. I just wish we had more time with him. Yeah. He's definitely (laughs) dealt a very, uh, Darth Maulish. It's not uh, the Inquisitor. It's time. not the Inquisitor episode. It's the Ahsoka episode. That's so right. that I, I mean, that's fair. As I was watching it the first time, I started realizing we were in the Ahsoka novel. I got yeah. super excited. They tweak it a bit, but I do like. Maybe you talk about it later. I do like the uh, the pseudonym that she assumed. Yes. Yeah. That is a fairly good deep dive okay. that we will touch. We'll on. talk on. That. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it here. Right on. Uh, we open our episode and we're on Naboo and the streets are lined with people for the funeral procession of Padme Amidala. And this scene mirrors exactly the funeral procession from Revenge of the Sith at two hours, 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, they have basically remade this shot for shot. And I have the comparison here. Yeah. And with minor details exempted, like some missing ships and maybe a couple buildings in the skyline. Sure. It is spot on. That's uncanny how uh how far they've gone to reproduce that. Mm. Yeah, they've included as much detail as they possibly can in it, but uh, as the procession marches on, we see Senators Bail Organa and Mon Mothma in the crowd, and most of them are holding soft glowing candles. Across the street, Bail takes notice of a hooded Togruta, but quickly the figure disappears into the crowd. This really begs a question for me is how far after, uh, um, after Mustafar is this funeral? I would think maybe a week, maybe two, but we're, we agree that it's days though. It's not, it's not like it's not, a month or no, anything. No, 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 definitely. No. Cause I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm in my head. I'm like, and I know that I know Disney star Wars has really messed with how hyperspace travel works and you can basically go anywhere. You know, you can fly by map anywhere now. Um, (laughs) So Ahsoka was really, really busy to get from where she was to the funeral and busy girl. Talk about that too. Okay. Uh, Later on the hooded figure moves down a long hallway lined with pillars and we find out it is indeed Ahsoka. And from behind her, Senator Bail Organa calls out, you shouldn't have come here. There's nothing you could have done for either of them. That's very insightful, isn't it? It is. And uh, he steps closer and asks, why would you risk it? And Ahsoka, she turns and removes her hood with her face full of sorrow. And quietly, she responds, she was my friend. Yeah. And in the distance, we hear calm chatter approaching and recognizing this bail relays that there's a patrol coming and you must leave. I cannot do it. I mean, that's who we're looking at. It is. That's a very good one. Can I make a shameless plug? Let's do shameless. Listen, uh, guys, we are well beyond the 100 subscriber mark that we were hoping to hit. um, But we do have our contest is still running until the uh, 31st of December. So if you find our 100 subscriber uh, contest video 
Um, first of all, uh, like and subscribe to the channel. Find that video and leave a comment on that video. You'll be entered in our draw to win this clone trooper. If we can get to 200 subscribers, not only are we going to draw for the clone, we are also going to draw for a six-inch Star Wars Black Series General Grievous action figure. So He's around somewhere. Please do that. Sorry to co-opt your show, Andy. That's all good. <laughs> People need Star Wars. This episode brought to you by us. Yeah. Uh, but Bale, he asks Ahsoka where your ship is, and she tells him by the river. And Bale leads her further into the building just as two Phase 2 Coruscant Guard clone troopers come around the corner and into the walkway. One receives an update over his comm, and the two move forward in pursuit. But Bale leads Ahsoka through the palace to a balcony overlooking the river below. He then offers Ahsoka a communicator with the offer that if she should ever need anything, she can reach him with it. But Ahsoka says, no, I'm tired of fighting and tries to hand it back to him. He makes no move to take it back. And from behind him, one of the clone troopers calls out, you there. Bale looks back over his shoulder at the approaching clones. And when he turns back, Ahsoka is gone. As the two clones close in, Bale asks what he can do for them. But one asks for his identification while the other peers over the edge of the balcony. And fully cooperating, he hands over an ID card, confirming his identity as the senator from Alderaan. Yep. They inform him no one is allowed out in this area of the palace by imperial order. And uh, quick thinking, he asks for forgiveness. He says, uh, it's easy to get lost with all that has happened. Yeah. And then he uh, diverges into a speech not meant for the clones, but for Ahsoka. And he states, still, we have a duty, don't we? An obligation to uphold when we're able the clones then inform bale they'll have to escort him out and he responds that he understands and he continues if you ever need anything please contact me he then strides forward the two clones shrug their shoulders because they don't know why he would offer that but <laughs> it is a markedly different interaction than his last face-to-face -face with a pair of clones mm -hmm. time for you to go now indeed it is yeah but they follow behind and uh, Quietly, Ahsoka jumps silently down unnoticed. Batman. No, 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 no. A little bit. Later on, she walks by night near a flowing river towards a waiting ship. Captain Rex is there awaiting her arrival, and we get a familiar musical cue. They share no words, and the engines of their Y-wing come to life, and the ship lifts off and jets skyward. Leaving the river gorge, they head towards space, crossing the moonlit sky. Still love the Republic Y-wing, by the way. I think, I think it's a beautiful design. Yeah. And uh, considering the timeline, I would venture to say this is the same Y-Wing bomber that they used uh, to escape. It absolutely, yeah, there's no yeah. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. It's it's likely that they went from there to here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, for sure, that's where I was like trying to like in my head, like how far after Mustafar is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, days. We fade to black and uh, get our title card and the episode title Resolve. But before we go any further, let's pause a moment. Uh, returning to voice the character that she's brought to life since 2008 in The Clone Wars is Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. Uh, having voiced the character for no less than 12 different Star Wars properties, she's well, no you know. stranger to her. Uh, but she also works outside of the Star Wars universe in such projects as She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, uh, Avengers Assemble, DC Superhero Girls, and movies like Sidney White with Amanda Bynes. Also returning to Bail Organa is the multi-talented Phil Lamar. 
He's popped up a few times now throughout the Star Wars universe, but he's also known for his work on Mad TV, uh, Pulp Fiction, and for voicing such characters as Hermes Codrad on Futurama, Holly Williams, uh, yeah, Holly <laughs> Williams on Family Guy, and Green Lantern John Stewart on Justice League Unlimited. Man, you could almost do a sound clip of a "You want this dog?" <laughs> all those. <laughs> That's all fantastic. He's one of my favorites. I swear, Phil, he's, Phil Lamar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, is it just me, or is he playing Bail Organa in this episode? To me, he almost sounds like Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. Interesting. Um, maybe the delivery sounds very Gus Fring. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but then again, That's I mean, I for you, sir. You know, he's he's obviously trying to do the the Jimmy Smiths. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it and it comes through. You know, maybe it comes through a little bit better in some other things, but yeah. But uh, we can't leave this next fellow out. Uh, the man of 200,000 voices. With a million more well on the way. Your favorite clone and mine. D. Bradley oh. Baker. My Obi-Wan. But he's more than just a clone trooper and the Bad Batch. He's yeah. also brought to life Bubble Bass in the SpongeBob SquarePants show. <laughs> uh, Klaus the Fish on American Dad. And oh, yeah. maybe best of all, Eagly the Eagle on Peacemaker. He's the vocalization of Eagly? He is the vocalization Well, that's of interesting. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That puts him in like the same realm as like Frank Welker, right? For doing like animal voices. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, though, uh, we find ourselves on what I strongly believe is the farming moon of Rada, where oh, a okay. small agricultural village goes on about their daily chores. Uh, some people have speculated that it could be an early look at Corvus or possibly the same planet that Dooku and Qui-Gon visit in the Justice episode. I actually yeah. had a uh, had that, that thought. Was my thought. That was my thought. I mean, it's almost the barn there. There's some similarities to where the, the, the standoff is. Yeah, yeah. It would be crash Jedi shit. See that uh, his actions did. Well, anything, but. It, yeah, absolutely. But Dave Filoni has pointed out that the episode follows the same basic direction as the Ahsoka novel, which leads me to the conclusion that it's probably Rada. Oh, okay. So, I feel like the there's. I mean, it's. This is a hallmark of animation, but like the reuse of your assets and this, yes. it shows through so much here. And I don't know why, but it, when I see again, the dro the Baylor droid there, it's like, it's like, doink, doink. it's, it's poking at me in a way that is like, it's okay, but it's uncomfortable at the same time. Yeah. So it's not confirmed. It's just my speculation, but I'll go with that. Yeah. Based on our, what we know from the history of it. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a safe bet. Also, I well, you sent me that photo. I mean, you're going to get to it, but that's a that's a much wider shot of that that ship. There. And it keeps coming up. Yeah, it keeps getting heavily framed. But uh, we'll we'll touch on that one yeah, shortly. Sure. Okay. In the sun drenched field, many workers are harvesting a red tipped crop and bailing it for sale. There's also a wreckage of a downed starfighter half buried in the far corner of the field, and there's all sorts of people working together: human, Twi'lek, Rodian, droids, and more. Everybody needs to work, I guess. Yeah. Two Twi'leks pull up on an empty repulsor lift operated by what looks like uh, an R5 or an R6 unit. I got Mandalorian vibes here with that sled. <laughs> Drive. Yeah. Drive. They hop off the lift and an elderly man passes the female a drink. As, as a tall two-legged droid walks past, we see others moving bales, including Ahsoka, as she wipes sweat away from her brow. And we hear a brother and sister arguing in the background. I get Loris Santeca vibes off that guy. 
off the older guy? A little bit. Like any sibling rivalry, the sister implores the brother to leave it to her. This is her payload, not his. But the brother says he's just telling her to hurry up because they're going to break for lunch soon. All the while, the tall two-legged droid stacks bales higher and higher, causing the repulsor lift to sway with the weight. And the sister tells the brother, you're stacking them too high again. But he assures her he knows what he's doing. Famous last words. <laughs> Just then a bell sounds out and the elderly man calls out break time. And arrogantly, the brother tells the droid finish up as he turns to leave for the break. The sister tells him you can't leave it like that. But he brushes her off stating I'm hungry. The droid stacks one more bale, but the weight is finally too much. And the cart starts to spark. And with the uneven load, it begins to fall over. The bales come tumbling down on the droid and the young woman with a thunderous crash. The brother spins around at the sound and runs back with others following as well. And as the dust begins to settle, the young woman lifts her head only to find that the bales have fallen around her in a circle. How convenient. Mm -hmm. There must have been a stiff breeze. Maybe. But glancing over, she spots Ahsoka, her hand outstretched. She quickly pulls back as the young man rushes to the fallen woman's side and the elderly man remarks she's lucky but her gaze remains fixed on Ahsoka. The other workers gather in close and Ahsoka, yeah, yeah, she yeah. quietly slips away. Does this not look like the same outfit she was wearing in the uh, 1313 uh, episodes? Maybe. When she met uh, Rafa and the sisters. <clears throat> Maybe I'd have to take a, I'd have to watch that again. I kind of thought it was. Hmm. Later on, we find the farmers enjoying some soup served up by the young woman who escaped tragedy Assorted droids scurry about, including the possible same R5 or R6 unit from the cart. Yeah. And a Treadwell droid. A Treadwell. Yeah. She turns to see Ahsoka eating alone, and she crosses the street, walks over, and invites her to join them, and she calls her Ashla. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah. I really, Ashla really like this. Ashla is a yeah. nice touch. Uh, yeah. In uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, when yeah. Obi-Wan seeks uh, Yoda's help, discovering the lost planet of Camino, there is a young Tergruda named Ashla present and oh wow some people think it might have actually it might actually Ahsoka. be as a youngling the facial markings don't match up but no that's true but that's like true as we saw in the first episode they change over time right that's true so it could be also the uh the the light and the dark the ashla and the bogan that is as exactly by as it. as uh spoken by uh the bendu Yep. And as you say, it has far deeper ties to the force with Ashla being the one, one of the moons of Tython. And I mean, in its most, in the, in its absolute most simplest way, Ashley, Ashla. Yeah. You know, so I thought mm -hmm. it was a nice, you know, it's, a nice all around kind of an all around it's nod. It's hecka deep. It's got it a lot is. of different meanings. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> it's real good. That's the, that's the biggest onion yet. I wonder if her last name was Fulcrum. Ashla Fulcrum. <laughs> yeah, Ashla Fulcrum. <laughs> but moving on here. Uh, the young woman asks her again, this time with a sincere please. And Ahsoka accepts and joins the group who are already in a discussion about the Empire. The village elder laments that no one can keep up with Imperial quotas and it's getting more difficult every season. But the headstrong brother, he says that in the beginning, they all welcome the Empire. But the elders quick to point out, not as warmly as you. Yeah. The brother states that Emperor Palpatine has brought peace. 
And as the elder finishes up a sip of his drink, he replies through persecution and still trying to prove his point. The brother tells the elder, they don't persecute citizens like us, only rebels who threaten the empire. But the elder, he says, no one is safe. He drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. But again, the brother interjects only if you aren't loyal. And the sister, she finally interjects. We are safe, but not because of the empire. As she pours some tea and looks thankfully at Ahsoka, the brother, he scowls across at her and sips his tea. That night under a full moon, the sister walks with Ahsoka towards one of the dwellings and she tells her not to forget. They have to take the harvest to Monhella tomorrow, another new city that's been named. Ahsoka states that the path can be dangerous and asks if the brother will be coming along. But the sister says, no, we'll be fine, won't we? And leaning in, she whispers, Master Jedi. Sternly, Ahsoka tells her, you shouldn't say such things. And the sister tells her, I saw you push the bales clear of me. But Ahsoka holds fast, saying that you have it wrong. And the sister asks Ahsoka, why didn't you just tell us? But she yeah. brushes it again, saying, there's nothing to tell. Unwilling to accept this, the sister tells Ahsoka not to worry. This will be their secret. And as she runs off, she says she'll meet her near the field at first light. Ahsoka shakes her head and enters the dwelling, and unseen in the shadows, the brother has been spying. He's shifty. In the morning, people and droids alike make their way about town en route to their chores and duties. The sister and Ahsoka climb onto the fully loaded repulsor lift, and the elder tells them not to accept the first price that is offered to them. But the sister cuts him off. I know, haggle. She then tells him not to worry, and as the light <laughs> it auto-corrected on me there <laughs> you got to read it as written yep <laughs> what does it say as the light moves forward as the light moves forward yeah <laughs> what did you mean to say uh she then tells him not to worry and as the lift moves forward the lift yeah uh, of course the of lift course. moves forward the brother bids her farewell worst enema it is <laughs> the brother bids her farewell with a see you tomorrow but before the lift gets out of earshot, he smirks and calls to Ahsoka, may the force be with you. The brother moves back towards the village and we're left with a shot of the field and that down starfighter again. Best as I can tell, it's most likely an upside down V-19 torrent, which must have crashed there at some point. Yeah. Its bottom wing is the only thing that matches up shape-wise to what sure. we can see jutting out of the ground. Hmm. It's it's a hard one. You sent me like a photo and I'm like, I, I chewed on it. I'm like... Well, I mean, presuming it's Republic era, just going through the the list of like, what did they use from the beginning to the end of the war? And it's like, oh, maybe it's a, you know, could have been an ARC 170 laying on its side. And it's like, no, maybe not. Uh, A V-19 crossed my mind. V-wing crossed my mind. Yeah. I tend to agree with you, though. Uh, The V-19, maybe it crashed upside down or flipped. Maybe. upside down because we do get a shot later of what looks like the two engines yeah beside it so it, even the I'm twilight shuttle upside down yeah which one the 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 uh the one before the uh the jedi uh t6 the one that uh Filoni talked about replacing the model from oh okay a okay. similar shape yeah yeah hmm we flash forward to nighttime and we find uh, the sister and Ahsoka returning from Mon Hela with an empty lift under the full moonlit sky. The young woman complains that prices were so low, they're bleeding them dry and she couldn't get half of what they offered last season. Right. 
Ahsoka places her hand on the woman's shoulder and they spot the settlement ahead in flames. We're about to enter a samurai movie. We are. <laughs> a farm droid stumbles past the fallen bodies of the villagers, its head on fire before it finally topples over to the ground. In the middle of the burning village, a figure drags a red lightsaber through the dirt and it crackles with energy. The village elder and the brother kneel nearby, their hands bound. The masked figure raises his blade to the brother's neck, the hilt of it the same style wielded by the Inquisitors, and his mask is reminiscent of a decaying bird skull. And in a dark and twisted voice, he speaks, You claim a Jedi was here, and yet I find no one. Quickly and pleading, the brother responds, I promise you, they'll be back. I turned her in. I, I, I should be rewarded. And the elder, he just shakes his head. It appears that the brother's blind faith in the Empire will cost them everything. Leaning in, the masked figure speaks again. You lie to me and expect Imperial favor? But suddenly from behind, Ahsoka calls out. He's not lying. And the masked figure spins around to investigate as Ahsoka moves forward through the burning settlement. The musical cues have all the flavor of a samurai duel about to commence. <laughs> and uh, the masked figure asks, who might you be? But Ahsoka plainly demands that she let the brother and the elder go. And the brother, still thinking he's right, cries out, she's the Jedi. The sister pleads, stop it. But he continues, see, I told you they'd be back. Mm. And turning his attention back to the brother, the masked figure replies, so you did. As he steps behind the restrained pair, it's at this point in the descriptive audio finally confirms our masked figure, but he does not have a name. They simply call him an Inquisitor. Yeah. And uh, in the Ahsoka novel, he's referred to as the sixth brother, but we may never know for sure. You know, the, it's a sort of a soft, it's a bit of a soft, uh, soft retconning, I guess, where it's not, it's not so out of place. It just, the way that they have depicted him here is drastically different than his comic book appearance, which we've, yeah, we've taken a look mm -hmm. at before. Yeah. It, he's missing the limb. It, it, it all tracks for me. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. They just, I mean, and the animation models have always been highly stylized. Yep. And probably someone said, let's make this guy as frightening as possible. Cause he's actually the, best looking inquisitor yeah he is a scary seen. looking dude yeah. yeah i mean oh you mean right now or the way he was depicted in like the comics no like this oh like, yeah he's I like really like this yeah like he's like a nightmare yeah <laughs> it's bird, a walking nightmare bird demon yeah. come to life but uh he raises his blade high and tells the brother here is your reward yeah and in a flash the sister cries out no and as the blade comes down, Ahsoka force pushes the brother to safety and the blade of the lightsaber smashes into the ground. Both the Inquisitor and the old man look over in disbelief, but uh, Ahsoka, she just stands there with her arms stretched out from the action. The Inquisitor stares at her with glowing red eyes and Ahsoka straightens up to meet his gaze. Still in disbelief, the Inquisitor asks, can it be? And striding forward, he activates the second blade in his dual-bladed lightsaber, again dragging one blade across the ground, leaving a trail of burning soil. That's his and, move. Yeah. <laughs> Very intimidating, too, right? We're making glass today. Yeah. Line in the sand. Advancing, he tells Ahsoka, you're supposed to be dead. As the sister and village elder look on, Ahsoka clenches her fists and takes a step forward into a ready stance. She narrows her gaze as the enemy draws closer still. 
confidently the Inquisitor states, looks like I shall be rewarded. Ahsoka Tano. As he nears, Ahsoka unclenches her fist, and the Inquisitor comes in with a swooping strike, but she dodges easily. He moves to strike twice more, and she avoids these as well. But coming in for a fourth strike, she grabs the hilt of his saber, deactivating the blades. Stunned by this, she delivers a kick, knocking the Inquisitor back and taking possession of the saber. She reignites it, and with one swift slash, she separates his head from his body, and it falls to the ground with a thud. But as soon as it hits the ground, the head inside seemingly disappears. A second later, his body falls, and Ahsoka deactivates the blade, standing over her fallen opponent. The whole exchange takes all of ten seconds, and Ahsoka's technique is devastating. It's reminiscent of uh, Maul and Obi-Wan's final duel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I was going to say that. Yes. Uh, some people online have pointed out that this could be the same maneuver that she uses in a less lethal version uh, in an episode of Star Wars Rebels. Oh, maybe. So. Maybe. Yeah. I never took it that it was his head coming off. I, I took it that the saber strike knocked the mask off him and, and it just, you know, maybe cut his neck or cut his chest yeah the the thud for me means the head fell down i don't know but for the mask to like lay flat like that's almost like saying that he was redeemed and became one with the four true but it's weird oh, because like maybe just head, his head yeah because the body doesn't uh no it just it falls yeah down, yeah yeah or at least that we see anyway i mean at least attack of the clones <laughs> gave us the He's still shadow. good in him from the neck it. up. That's right, from the <laughs> neck up. <laughs> but the sister rushes to free the brother and the elder, and with anger, she forces her brother's head up, saying, look what you did. And sorrowfully, he hangs his head down, and the sister weeps again, look what you did. Mm. Finally realizing the consequences of his actions, the brother pleads, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And finally looking up at Ahsoka, she replies, I know. More will come. You're going to have to leave. And the sister cries, how? Where? And Ahsoka, as looking down, Ahsoka ponders the question. We cut to the next morning, and the remnants of the village are now a smoldering pile of ash. Again, we see the remnants of that crashed ship. And the village elder tries to comfort the sister, while the brother hangs his head and cries at the, as he looks around at the result of his actions. Then we hear a roaring of a ship's engine as it approaches. Ahsoka and the brother look skyward, and a shadow crosses over them as a very specific Republic CR-90 Corvette hovers over them and proceeds to land in the field. Never seen one of those before in my life. I know. <laughs> the three villagers pick up some bedrolls and uh, other belongings that survived the fires and walk towards the ship. A landing elevator comes down, and a door opens, and we see Senator Bail Organa exit the Tantive Four. In a calming tone, he invites the villagers aboard with a Please, this way. The village elder, brother and sister board the ship, and without any words, Ahsoka passes Bale the communicator that he gave her back at the funeral. Bale tells her, I was beginning to think you lost this. Then solemnly he tells her, things have only gotten worse. He then tells Ahsoka, are you sure you're ready to get back in the fight? And we get a tight close-up on her face. She closes her eyes a moment before nodding and saying yes we then cut to black ah. <sighs> so before we go any further on that though yeah uh, i wanted to pause again for a moment for oh, sure. the voice talents of basically the second half here oh sure yeah yeah uh 
in the role of the brother, we have Brighton James. Uh, you may know him from previous roles as Devin Hamilton on The Young and the Restless. Okay. Uh, Luca Martin on The Vampire Diaries. Oh. Or way back as Richie Crawford on Family Matters. Okay. okay. Uh, he's also been in some Star Wars stuff, too, because he played Zare Leonis on two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, in the role of the sister, we have Dana Davis, and you may know her from her previous work as Kelly, among others, on Star versus the Forces of Evil, uh, Lonnie on She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, or Kit on Craig of the Creek. That's new for me. Eh, lots of kids' cartoons. Mm -hmm. In the role of the village elder, we have David Shaughnessy. He's been to that galaxy far, far away a couple times now in multiple roles on Star Wars Resistance and as Commander Oresco in Star Wars Rebels. Oh, we won't okay. hold resistance against him. No. <laughs> no, he's also provided uh, among his other credits multiple voices for Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Nice. With the main one being there, oh, Sir Vitimus. Sir Vitimus. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. 10. That's one of my yeah, top 10 awesome. movies. Yeah. And rounding out our cast here, bringing to life our Inquisitor is the legendary Clancy Brown. There can be only one. Right. Made famous by his roles as Kurgan in Highlander, uh, Captain Hadley in the Shawshank Redemption, and Sergeant Zim in Starship Troopers. And maybe most well-known of all, or not well-known, Eugene Krabs on SpongeBob SquarePants. Wicked. That's a mistake I won't make again. Wicked. I also like Star it. Wars uh, alumni. Uh Yep. Yeah. A bunch of different voices in Rebels and Clone Wars. And We've, he was in the uh, Mandalorian. I was going to say, uh, we had some FaceTime with him as one yeah, of the, the crew. Yeah. But uh, that rounds out our cast. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go out and say we can safely assume in this final moment of our episode that, uh, you know, she's rejoining the Rebellion and taking on the identity of Fulcrum. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure she is, but she's got to do, she's got to go through a few other things first. I mean, there's still sort of the, uh, again, I don't know where this fits in with that sort of the lost, Yeah, you know, not but the again, lost episodes, like, but that, that season seven arc with her, the 1313. I'm curious now to go back and, and rewatch those to see if there's more context now. Mm -hmm. I don't, now that you have like an end point where she shows back up at the end of yeah, Revenge of yeah, the yeah, Sith. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, you know, the Rafa stuff happens well before Order 66. Like, that's that's during her time. Yes, with, I suppose it does, doesn't you know it? I mean? Her yeah. time when she's outside after she's uh, quit. Right, when she's quit. That's but right. Pining for the life. That yeah. is right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll take that back. <laughs> yeah. Eh, there's still more to find, though. They could easily do another season of Tales of the Jedi and dial in on more moments we didn't well, know we needed. That's the rumor. And, and like, I mean, who doesn't want to see the the lines filled in for for windu or you know who doesn't you know man i can think of some really interesting uh things that we could focus on like i i could totally see a three episode arc on obi-wan and satine mm. who, who yeah i mean he by all reports in legends he came to the the jedi temple late yeah he was you know 10 or something like that uh it would really be interesting to see obi's background uh there's a few other Jedi that, you know, I, I doubt they would go there with Yoda. Uh, seem to be living vicariously with, through Grogu. But. I was going to say with Yoda being sort of uh, featured in the High Republic stuff, I think that that's probably, you know. It's going to get more fleshed out. From a, from a marketing standpoint, uh, if you mm -hmm. want to, 
you know, find Yoda's adventures, you got to go over here. Yeah. You know, just keeps the, keeps the machine rolling. <laughs> no, this is you, it. you do make a good point though. If they did focus like just a literal three episode arc on Mace Windu. Yeah. Just short. Keep it the same format. Keep it. Uh, Start know. it right yeah. as he hits the ground out of. Oh my God. <laughs> out the then, window. Yeah. And then whatever he can show up in later is now safe. Man, that's almost like a multimedia event where you have those, whatever it is, showing up at the same, you know, with the same couple of days of each other. Yep. Okay, we're going to give them to you in a movie, but before we do that, Let's here's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I survived exactly. the fall. Oh, that would be interesting. It would be. That would be interesting. It'd be a shame if, if Theory spoiled the, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, with his fan film. The plan, yeah. I mean, anything that he does is is pure speculation. So no, and and, and derivative of of something else. But yeah, it, you know, uh, I've I've seen. Uh, well, I haven't seen it, but the 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 rumor is that um, because if you were on the back then, it was forums. But for Lost, I was yeah, I yep. was so invested in Lost, it was kind of silly, and I was on the fan forums all the time, and and apparently someone hit the secret ending. Which oh, wow. caused them to change the last episode. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and I mean, that's uh, certainly a rumor, but I, you know, a lot of us read his theory and it, it was, it was pretty solid mm-hmm. uh, and satisfying. So, what they did wasn't so maybe, maybe it's just our longing. <laughs> maybe. Again, we've talked about that before, though. Like, Firefly. that whole like, you know that transference of like i want it so bad like it has to be this it has to be this and then when right. it's not it nothing yeah. measures up how you set yourself up for dis- yes um how you can set yourself up for disappointment i guess yeah <laughs> yeah aim low everybody aim low <laughs> aim low and you'll always be surprised that's right <laughs> but for this episode that's all i got wow and that is the conclusion of not just the Ahsoka arc, but the whole shebang. Fandom of the Jedi. We did it. I know we were late to uh, late to the party, but uh, did you guys find this uh, exercise satisfying? I did. I found I, more yeah. in it than I knew that was there. Sure, yeah. sure. And I like the bite-sized nature of, you know, my okay. episode is the shortest one. This the episode this length. So around, yeah. And it's nine minutes and five seconds. And when you really think about what what do they pack into this half half of a half hour, this quarter hour, essentially, um, is it's in, it's incredible. It it's got the pacing of the Tartakovsky stuff. It like yeah, the, it really does, it, doesn't right? it? Yeah, it yeah. Does, yeah, yeah. And so I think that might have been you know maybe a homage to that, or like have, having that been the sort of progenitor of the of the Clone Wars of or, the Clone Wars, yeah. Right. So yeah, no, it, it fit. And I'm like, I was stupid excited when I saw the trailer and then I was just, uh, I wasn't disappointed at all. Like not no. even <laughs> there was, no. you know, I had zero complaints about it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that we did it. I know, like I said, we were late to do it. We, it was hard to, to try and overlap, uh, and or with, uh, tales of the Jedi. Um, and I'm glad we did it this way because I don't I don't feel we would have given it the full attention that it deserved. And it really did. It, it deserved did. it deserved the full treatment. So oh, yeah. you've said oh, yeah. it before, you know, we might not be first, but we'll be thorough. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. 
<laughs> which okay. is going to be the same thing come the new year when we're overlapping the Mandalorian with the Bad Batch, which is going to happen for a few weeks. But oh, so much goodness! <laughs> yeah, that's good, guys. If you enjoy, uh, if if you like the this style of show, please. Uh, thumbs up on the video do like and subscribe to the channel please leave a comment even if it's just a little emoji to say yay or nay it helps tell youtube to recommend our videos to other like-minded folks on that note there is lots more coming from us down the road here at fandom power as we continue to tell ourselves that we're not a star wars show and only cover star wars for like 95 percent of everything we do <laughs> And all those other little special things that we like to do on top of that. So um, until the next time, for Phantom Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andrew. And I'm Hank. And we will catch you on the next one. So bye for now, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Phantom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Phantom Power is a Sawcast production. Come home, Dad. I need the Nintendo eShop password. Oh, <laughs> no, you don't. You can wait. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> if you kick the if you kick the curly, it becomes two slanders. <laughs> It does to this day. I couldn't help it, man. There's no way that I could do it in one word. <laughs>